0: right just another day i hate you several of our listeners and viewers several several many no like three have uh directed my attention to 538 (laughs) the website really where they've done an actual look at five major Uh, sports english premier league nhl nba major league baseball and nfl and broken down into commercial time on TV, into non-action, which is stoppage in game, BS commentary, you know, guys who are horrible football players explaining what, when they played, explaining what's going on in the field. And then actual honest to God, they're doing something. Game action. Soccer, 58.7 minutes, far and away the most. Of course, it's a 90-minute it's a game, and they only have, and they have 10 minutes worth of commercials, thank God. The NHL 60, sixty-three minutes of action. The NBA forty-nine minutes of action. Boy. Baseball, good old stodgy stand around, scratch yourself, spit. Baseball twenty-two point five minutes of action. The NFL. How can I ever watch that again? The NFL, you've ruined it for 18 me. Eighteen minutes of dudes actually doing stuff. The rest of you've the time, it for me. the rest of the time is guys standing around in a circle. Talking, waiting for referees to figure out what is a catch and what isn't a catch, uh, waiting for
1: another change in formation. Thanks to that one fan that's all, that of, in. That. all of that, all of that. Stuff. Appreciate that. There
0: is a. In, Do you feel better. There is a hundred and forty minutes of dead time of Jack squat. In an NFL game,
1: 140 minutes. 140
0: yeah. minutes out of. How can I ever watch again? I'm just saying, you're wasting your time watching the NFL. Oh. You're wasting your time watching uh, the NFL.
1: Well, it'll be a waste. Oh, tweet I'm okay whistle. With Let's get up and have another meeting. I'm okay meeting. with it. George will have the right thing. It's the worst
0: of American society: violence and committee meetings in the NFL. <laughs> what? What?
1: What's wrong with you? It
0: is. It's the worst of American society is encapsulated is wrong in with an you? NFL game. You've changed. That, this is just my. my you changed. This is my uh, welcome to your NFL season. Yeah. Talk for fans. Stay hot. Anyway, I've got tickets to give away to see the Jays you and tried. the Tigers. It didn't work. No, we're going to give tickets away to see the Jays and the Rays at the right. Rogers Center in Bus September 14th. like crazy. We've been, we've been giving you the chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to 59590. Yesterday we asked you who has played the most games in the history of the Rays franchise. I gave you a hint. I said Tony Parker. Huh. That's because Tony Parker went <laughs> out with Evan Longoria, the actress. The answer is Evan Longoria.
1: That's what you're watching. That was a great... Instead of NFL, you're watching that to know that. I'm not watching that. I, yeah. Everybody knows that.
0: Nobody. Anyhow. So there <laughs> you didn't. go. Evan Longoria was the answer. Today's question... Got to be much better than that one. Is who... And this is a tricky one now. Because uh, your initial reaction is to think it's got to be somebody weird like Ariel Prieto or something like that. It's not. Who is the only... Which I thought it was. Who is the only sure raised you pitcher to win... Now, this is a catch here. Listen to this. The only raised pitcher to win over, over, over 20 games in a season. Not 20 games in a season. Listen to what I said. The only raised pitcher to win over 21 or 20 games. Damn it, I did it. 20 games in a season. That could be 21 games. Lance, stop shaking your head. That could be 21 games. Jen, stop shaking your head. 21 games, 22 games, 23 games, over 20 games. Text the answer to 590, for your shot to win. You can see rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590.
1: Boy, you nailed that. Do we have Morosi?
0: Good job. Let's bring in Maybe John not now. Marossi, the MLB network. Mr. Morosi, how are you?
2: Uh, I'm outstanding. I'm going to have to think about this one because uh, I know. So, uh, David Price won 20 games, and that was the year that I voted him as the Cy Young Award winner. And he won that ballot by one vote over Justin Verlander. And I was a Detroit voter, and I voted for David Price, who was then pitching in Tampa Bay. And, of
0: course, your vote was made public and people hate you.
2: Uh, Well, my, my, my my, my late grandfather, God rest his soul, was having some serious questions for me over Thanksgiving dinner that year. He was wondering what was going on. I said, well, pap, pap, I had to vote. My conscience. Uh, David Price won 20 games in the, in the American League East. So I remember that distinctly because I had to justify this to my grandfather as to why I voted for a non-Tiger and cost Justin Verlander a uh, <clears throat> a signing award back then. And Justin, and, and knowing what you both know about Justin's competitiveness there is uh, a 100% chance that Justin still remembers this 10 years later that I voted for David Price. he—he uh, there There's a, a – I am completely certain that he still remembers that. At any rate, I'm going to have to think about this because I'm i am honestly not sure who has won 21-plus games for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's an excellent question.
0: Yeah, my first answer was uh, was David Price. And because I knew David Price won 20 games, that's not the answer. And then I hint, thought it's got to – No, I'm not giving anybody a hint. Then it was uh, – then I, then I said, okay, it's got to be somebody like Ariel Prieto or something like, I got it right away. Right away I got,
1: got it right away. right away, I got it right away, Captain. Yeah, Absolutely. did get
0: it right. I was away. all over it. Yeah, he he got it right away. All right. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's yeah. impressive. Really, uh, easy. And I, I, I love these trivia questions. By mm-hmm. the way, they are they are very very good. And uh, and and Longoria would have been my guess on the on the most games played. That that was a that was a good uh, mm-hmm. and another good question, Jeff. Well done, my friend.
0: Uh, I didn't do it, but thanks. I'll take
1: I'll take the credit.
0: I'll take the credit when it's good, and I'll blame yeah. Barker when it stinks. <laughs> which is kind of the way we roll around here. That's uh,
1: you hate NFL.
0: The benefits. Of, well, why I, I don't no, wanna, we don't, don't want to get. Get talking about my hatred for...
1: Kevin, I'm more of a college
2: football guy myself. You are. I, just, I've, I always have been, yep. Uh, yep. Uh, the you
0: you want to huh? ask, ask Barker if the... Uh, Save Ho- it. You want to ask Barker if the Hokies are going to oh. ensure that their coaches can get down the elevator in time today for the... Uh, they lost to Old Dominion oh, that their coaches hurts. got stuck in the elevator. That That's hurts. not good.
2: Oh, my goodness gracious. Old Dominion, the alma yeah, mater thanks. of the aforementioned... Mr. Verlander. Thank there you, you go.
0: Thank you. It's just, I told Barker, it's never good when your school loses to another school that has the word old in it. It's just not, <laughs> it's, it's never a good thing. Move on. Yeah, I will move on. Uh, these rules changes that we expect to see pass, I don't want to talk about it the, the whole segment because we kind of did in the last hour and I feel bad about that. But um, any, any surprises in the rules changes to you, John?
2: No, I think that this this is a, a very logical place to land on all of this, um, and and I think taken together, it's going to make the game better, and that I think is is the key thing here. It's going to increase the amount of action, and I heard uh, before we started speaking the, just the the comparisons among the sports in, in terms of which one has the most activity. This this gets the game back, honestly, to the version that. Kevin Barker would have been playing in the in the major leagues. I mean, this is this is what it looked like. This is what the game that we fell in love with with a rhythm, with with hitting behind runners, with with having two infielders on either side of second base. The, the the base hits that have been base hits for all of time up until the last 10 years are back in the game, and I think that's a good thing. I, I go back and you know, listen. Everybody has their own. When you close your mind and you, you close your eyes and you just imagine that that player that you grew up watching and loving how they played for me I loved watching Tony Gwynn I loved watching Wade Boggs I loved Mm -hmm. watching Alan Trammell these guys were were just great hitters and I think that this to this day and this vote is a win for guys who play the game and and guys who are multi-dimensional ballplayers and I think that's the kind of athlete that we want to have in our sport. At the end of the day, when you look at dazzling plays up the middle and, and Ozzy Smith and, and, and the way the Cardinals played in the 80s, I, I could watch those games all day. They're, just, they're fun. And I, I think at the end of the day, there are, there are more people who want to see balls in play, action, great athletic defensive plays, great base running, base stealing. Those moments, that's what fans want to see. MLB has researched this. For years, they have known that there was an issue of a lack of action. For years, this has been a conversation going back to Bud Selig's tenure as commissioner. This is a a long time, and and MLB has come back and said we have these issues with the product. How do we get it back to being the way that it was? And this is where they've landed. And I think that in general, it's it's the exact right set of things that baseball needs.
1: Injuries and pitch clock—that be a problem.
2: You know. Here's the thing. It, it theoretically, I, I understand where where that concern comes in. I don't think it's been borne out through the through the minor league research that it really does create that much of a uh, of an increased injury risk. Uh, I, I think too, it's it's a matter of of adapting, and and I also think there's probably, and and I would defer to, to those who are experts in the realm of pitching. You know what what, if you were going to do this in like a scientific lab experiment, what is a more dangerous thing to your arm? To, to take and throw at maximum velocity every 30 seconds or to stay in a better rhythm and, and, a, and sort of more fluid mechanically and throwing at a, at a more consistent interval at a little bit of a less velocity? And I think the latter one sounds safer to me i i really does it, it doesn't i really don't think that this puts an increased risk at the pitchers and if anything it might incentivize them to sort of stay within their mechanics and not deviate from it as often to chase High velocity. I, I think that the key thing is that the, the minor league research they've done, and I want to give MLB credit for this because they've put a lot of resources, a lot of really smart people Theo Epstein, Michael Hill, uh, Chris Young when he was at the commissioner's office. They've researched this for years to see what increased injury risk and what didn't, and it does not appear to me that, that based on the data, that the the shorter uh, pitch interval has actually increased any sort of injuries on the part of the minor league pitchers.
1: All this too much on umpire's plate.
2: You know, uh, I, I don't think so, because honestly, Kevin, you're right, I mean, that there are now um, other... There are now other things that umpires have to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. I remember back when, when replay came in, there was a fear that that was going to sort of overwhelm them. There was a fear that, that counting mound visits was going to overwhelm them. I think they're best in the world at what they do and that they can handle this. We don't – and a lot of the issues now with respect to, uh, you know, replay, I think a lot of those arguments as we've kind of brought that into the game and it's now more standard, we don't really have to think about it quite as often. It it doesn't seem that they're too encumbered by it. And I I do think that, you know, is the first base umpire having to pay a little more attention um, to how many times the the pitcher disengages from the rubber – yeah, but but then again, as you know, Kevin, that's basically when the, when there's a runner on first and the pitcher is coming set. What is the first base umpire looking at? The pitcher. I mean, he's, he's looking at that's where his focus is mm-hmm. because he's always been watching for the possibility of a balk. So I, I think he can handle that. And by the way, you know, it's not as though the 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 third throwover is is not allowed it just means that you better get him and if you don't get him he gets the base Mm -hmm. so i think that's that to me is a fairly straightforward thing and i think also the larger bases will incentivize more more base stealing and make it a more uh, exciting product so i i think it's going to be great for for guys that play the game for a, a guy like whit merrifield this is if i'm if i'm the blue jays and if i'm whit merrifield he is exactly the kind of player for whom these changes are absolutely awesome news because he's going to be able to steal more bases and he's going to be able to have more of his hits falling in. And it's just it's exactly the kind of baseball that Witt is born to play. So I think this is, to me, it's a great day for Witt and and players like him. And I've always liked the way that Witt plays. I've liked the way that, you know, Sterling Marte plays. I mean, there's a lot of guys around the league for whom this is good news, and they happen to be some of the more entertaining players to watch.
0: Uh, John, the Rangers are going to debut. We were led to believe Josh Jung tonight. Their uh their top prospect. Um, I believe he was uh, what we He was the eighth pick in the 2019 right. draft. He's a third baseman. What can you tell us about him? Because he is expected to make his uh, debut tonight against the blue Jays.
2: Yeah. Exciting player. Really. You, know, he's, you think about the, the way that we've seen now some some younger players coming in. You know, Gunnar Henderson came in and, and, and played for the Orioles. I, I think uh, Josh Young is a similar similar type player in terms of his his overall package that he that he brings. I mean, he's a very very well schooled player at Texas Tech. Uh, I think really good power numbers there. Very athletic. You know, he we referenced Evan Longoria earlier on in the conversation. I don't know that he's quite. To Evans' level, but he is a very solidly built young man, 6'2, 214. Uh, He's always brought a lot of power. He he can do a little bit of base stealing, uh, but he is, I think, much more so known for his his ability to stay in the zone, uh, get on base. I, I just, I like what he does. He really, you know, he probably at the high, high end, if all things go great he he's maybe a player like in, in the Michael Young mold uh and i it's sort of like Michael Young type of power maybe not like a like a 30 homer player more like a 15 to a 20 homer player. Maybe not quite Michael Young's hit tool yet, but, but that's the kind of profile that I'm sure the Rangers would love to see him have. So really athletic. He can play shortstop if you need him to. I think he's, he's part of this next chapter of the Rangers that they need some some players to arrive and really start to shepherd in this next generation, of course. We know they're going to have a new, uh, a new field manager, potentially a, a new general manager, obviously under under Chris Young as the new president of the baseball operations. So uh, I, I think, Josh- young is, is part of that conversation and certainly his younger brother a high pick there of the tigers this year so a, gr- a great baseball family there from the state of texas
0: we will be uh keeping one eye on the texas uh, i'm sorry the new york yankees and the tampa bay rays as well tonight john what happens if the race sweep this series or even take Ooh. two two games Ooh. in this series and we wake up and there's what three and a half three games back in the yankees crossed.
2: yeah this- be some really interesting uh, conversations going on in the the city of New York. I'm sure there already are. But listen, it's been a a tense month of September because of of the Mets uh, and their lead evaporating there against the Braves and and then what's happening with the Yankees. I happen to think that there is a lot more for the Yankees to be worried about than there is for the Mets to be worried about, Uh, just, just in how they're playing. Because, the Yankees, even if they find a way to win the division, and they probably still will, again, unless there's a sweep this weekend, um, they're just not playing good baseball right now, and they haven't been for weeks and weeks. Their offense, and Stanton, of course, has been out for a while. He's now coming back in. LeMay on the injured list now. Benintendi is, is out. They're, they've lost their balance. The Rizzo is on the injured list. They had Kainer-Falefa batting cleanup yesterday. That's just not not Mm the plan. That was not the plan for this team. So uh, I'm I'm worried about just the way they're playing. I think the the rotation has been fine. The bullpen, I think Holmes has come back and been okay. But it's just a really hard way to win games two to one. And when you're scoring two or three runs, you're the New York Yankees. And then it sort of uh, rolls into the conversation about Judge and how many – pitches he's going to see to hit look at that team and honestly it makes what judge has done and is still doing all the more impressive because every hitters meeting or every pitcher's meeting about how to approach the hitters of the yankees will say this we cannot let number 99 beat us you just can't there's just there's no way you can who uh, because you're not really afraid right now of anybody else and so aaron judge getting any hit pitches to hit and getting any home runs right now is just so darn impressive and he's still doing it it's just it's amazing what he's doing so I'm I think the concern you know it seems like the last week or 10 days Mets fans are worried my message to them has always been you're still playing above 500 since the start of August it's just the defending World Series champion Braves have played better have played to their level so don't don't get worried about that. That's, that's You expect the Braves to be good. You don't expect the Yankees to lose half of their lineup and then all of a sudden be in a bit of a panic state offensively. I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately worried about the Yankees. I really am. And I, what would happen if they lose this series, guys? My goodness gracious, there's going to be a lot of tension. Because, because there's, a, there's a ton of baseball still to be played. I mean, this, mm-hmm. there's, there's, a, there's a lot of time for a team that's playing as poorly as the Yankees are to, to lose this lead. I never would have thought I was going to say that, but that's the reality right now. They're, they're just not playing good baseball.
1: JP for you. Who's the best team, the Rays, the Mariners or the Jays?
2: It's a great question. Um, you know, of, of that group of three, I, I've, I've been on the, the Mariner bandwagon for a while. Mm-hmm. I, I think that they, I'm going to give the edge to them because I love their pitching the most of that group. Look at how good and how young their pitching is. And, by the way, they've got an amazing weekend coming up. Mariners-Braves in Seattle. You kidding me? What a fun series is that going to be? I think tomorrow's pitching matchup is freed uh, uh, against uh, George Kirby, who's Ooh. pitching great right now. Kirby's just an amazing pitcher. He's always in the zone. That's going to be fun. So, I, I think the Mariners, I love their, their depth that they've got. And, you know, they, they go out, they get Castillo, make a huge splash there. I just think that their their lineup, when they've got Julio Rodriguez there plus Ty France, they're they're really exciting for me right now. And plus, they've got the whole two-decade wait. You know, there's there are some 2015 Blue Jays vibes about that team right now that I really like watching them play. So I'm going to go with Seattle. And plus, think about this: they benefit relative to both the, the, the Blue Jays uh, and the Rays, from a lighter schedule. They're, they're playing in, in the, the American League West where you've got the non-contending Rangers, the non-contending Angels, and the non-contending A's. Mm-hmm. So their schedule in front of them is, is favorable. I, I think they've got a, a really good chance to host in the, and then that first-round series. And, man, would that be an amazing weekend. If, if, if the first-round matchup is Mariners-Jays and if it's in Seattle – think about what that atmosphere is going to be like all oh, no. the all, all the jays fans coming down for vancouver that would be a lot of fun
0: yeah and uh, i was just looking barker has a list of games here they've got the, the mariners have three against the braves two against the padres in their last 13 their last 20 games are against the angels a's kansas city and texas and the tigers yeah i mean favorable it is
2: it is very favorable. favorable i mean the, one thing I'll say about the Mariners, and I actually said this uh, yesterday when I was talking about the Mariners with someone, the the, the one thing, and it's, and it's great that they are that they're finishing the year at home, but it's going to be an interesting mental process. And Kevin can speak to this when you think about as a player, you know, baseball is such a hard sport to play when there's pressure on you, mm-hmm. and, you're, and you're trying to relax and, and take a relaxed at bat when it's a tense tense moment. They're going to be playing at home against a bunch of teams they should beat with their home crowd ready to absolutely mm-hmm. burst at their first playoff appearance in more yeah. than 20 years. Crazy. And that's going to take a lot. I mean, I'm sure, Kevin, you can speak to what that's like. You're going to have to find a way to relax yourself and take non-anxious at-bats in one of the most anxious moments yeah, that that franchise has faced in two decades.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. Good luck. It's going to be hard. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Can't wait
0: to watch it. John, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much, as always. Have a great weekend. Thanks hey, a lot.
2: My pleasure, guys. Enjoy the weekend. My best, Kevin, to the Hokies this weekend. Okay? Awesome. Yeah, Thank you.
0: They're going to need it. Enjoy the NFL, John. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care.
0: <laughs> John Paul Morosi joining us. Mm. I don't even have. I don't know. I guess I have to pick a favorite team this year. Why? With the NFL, you don't, you hate. Why? Why would you? I'm trying to decide if I should. I picked the, the Colts Broncos. last year as my favorite team. I'm trying to decide if I should stick with the Colts or not. I think I'll stick with the Colts just because of the uniforms. I guess. Does it matter? They're pretty good, You're aren't
1: they? You're not a fan. You're just picking a Well, it I cause. might be. If You're they, not a
0: fan. If they get in the playoffs and they're good, I'll become a fan. Oh, uh, front runner. Oh, hell yeah. The Oreos. NFL, of
1: course. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, good luck with
0: that. I, uh, yeah, looking at that Mariner's schedule, I almost choked on my water. Uh, because we did talk earlier about how easy it was. I had no idea. Crazy easy. Crazy easy. Yeah.
1: 20 games against A's, Kansas City, Texas, A's, and Tigers. Yeah. I mean, it's lined up for you. JP's right, though. Those ask Bo, ask Vladdy about competitive expectations. and, and, and yeah. expectations, how hard it is. Not easy. Slow it down. Don't chase. Nobody's watching. Really? Everybody's watching. So I mean, they it's not going to be easy. They'd be fighting that more than the team they're playing. Yeah, man. If they get, if, if they get the
0: home wild card. And play the Jays? Jays Mariners would be sick. Oh. It'd be sick.
1: Well, it's not I a home like, good advantage then for the Elms. It's just not.
0: But I don't like that matchup. I don't either. It's looking more and more as if we got to the lefty a Guardians and, thing. Now, the, Guardian, the, Guardians, the Guardians pitched. The Guardians we talked uh, about. The Guardians, gave away. The, the Guardians gave the Jays trouble this year. But. Different, right? It's different in the, uh, in the postseason. Rios is better. Than in the regular season. He is. Oh, he is. But like I said. The bullpen's I'm, good. The bullpen is the thing that I think really. Um, Shocking
1: a little. Shy me, anyway.
0: Davidi, by the way, is an article up on sportsnet.ca on Jordan Romano that's intriguing. I'm just going to flag it to you. Just about his uh, increase in velocity. It's an interesting. And, and it, he revisits the fact that the Jays. I'd forgotten about this. The Jays lost Jordan Romano at the 2018 winter meetings uh, in the Rule 5 draft. I completely forgot about that. Um, Anyhow, it's a, a good read. Jack Curry is a Yes Network analyst. We mentioned series of consequence this weekend for the Jays. Obviously, your focus is on the Jays in Texas, three games against the Rangers. Secondary focus, I guess, is on Mariners and Braves in Seattle because the Braves, after the Braves and Padres, it gets really easy for the Mariners. And it would certainly help the Jays' cause if the Braves could go out there and do a number on the Mariners. It would certainly help the Jays' cause. But the other series, the Rays and the Yankees, the Yankees, a four and a half game lead. That was a 15 and a half game lead on July 10th, I believe. It's now down to four and a half over the Rays. The Yankees lost to Minnesota last night. They never lose to Minnesota. They lost to Minnesota last night. Here come the Rays. The Yankees are hurt. Let's race sweep this game and a half back of the Yankees. Ooh. Jack Curry joins us next. And Barker's back leg bits. DMs are open. SN Jeff Blair is my Twitter handle. You got some thoughts on... Rules changes. You got some thoughts on how right I am about the NFL being an abomination? Anything you want to talk about? The Kevin Barker SN Jeff Blair's my Twitter handle. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet five ninety. The Fan, of the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet three sixty, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. More Leafs, more Raptors, more Blue Jays. The Fan Morning Show with JD Flake, and
2: Ailish. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The stuff you say just when we come in the air. I do it on purpose. Just as we're about to come in the air, and it completely gets you focused. Anyhow. I'm a leader, Jess. Blair and Barker's stretch drive, thank God. Bottom of the ninth, et cetera, et cetera, on Friday. Again, if you're listening to us by podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast—Spotify, Apple, whatever, whatever they are—there's so many of them. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell everybody how good I am and how I carry Absolutely. the show. Oh, no question. And how I uh, overcome the you do weaknesses of being alongside Kevin. Barber. No
1: question. How do you? How do you do it?
0: I don't know, man. It's uh, you know we've all got a that burden. makes it easier. We've all got a burden to carry. We've all got a burden to carry. Jays and tigers. What do I have the Tigers in my mind? Yeah, yeah. that stupid trivia question. Oh. <laughs> Jays and Texas wow. Rangers tonight uh, on the network as uh, the Jays start a three game series, and then it's home, home, home for a big, big home stand, including Ooh. five ga- five games against the Tampa Bay Rays, which is going to have, I think, a biggest series of the year. No, I, because I think we, no, the biggest series. They're all big. I don't know. I think the just biggest the series road. of the year against the Orioles, just because uh, you look at the schedule, it's hard to see the Jays going past the Mariners with that schedule. <clears throat> it's hard to see them going past Tampa. I, I, I think for the Jays right now, it's, you know, you're going to finish to the final wild card, get your ducks lined up and go from there. I think the biggest series of the year just concluded. That's my own.
1: Or the feeling. last one. So you can line everything up and that in doesn't mean anything. Let's
0: bring, in, uh, let's bring in Jack Curry of the Yes Network. As we mentioned, there are three series we'll be keeping our eye on here. Obviously, Texas and Toronto. Seattle and Atlanta, just because after the they're done with the Braves and the Padres, the Mariners have, have got one of the easiest run-ins we've seen in some time into the playoffs. And in the Bronx, the Rays and the Yankees. And Jack, thanks so much for joining us. I... What happens if the race sweep this series?
3: Things get very tense in the Bronx, Jeff. <laughs> the Yankees have been hanging on. It's been as mystifying and as puzzling a Yankee baseball season as I've ever covered. They started out fifty two and eighteen. People were comparing them to the nineteen ninety eight Yankees, the team that won one hundred and fourteen regular season games since then they're thirty one and thirty seven They stopped hitting. There have been a spate of injuries recently, but you can't blame the injuries on this, this two month period of play that the Yankees have had and that general manager Brian Cashman and manager Aaron Boone have said has been unacceptable. So you're you're laying out a scenario to answer your question. If the Rays are walking off the field Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening, only down by one in the loss column after the Yankees had started out fifty two and eighteen the, the the tension that has already existed around this team will just be exacerbated even more
0: now jack obviously the yankees have got a ton of injury issues what it what would be the thing or the things that would give you optimism if you were a yankees fan right now like uh you know obviously aaron judge is well the if teams don't pitch to aaron judge there's that's another part of the question as well. But what are the things there that if you're a Yankees fan, you can hang your hat on and say this won't happen?
3: It's kind of interesting, by the way. I'm glad you mentioned Judge because he's doing this with with a lineup. The last few days he's done this with a lineup where the Yankees. Quite honestly, I've had guys who spent the bulk of the year at AAA, four or five of them in the lineup. I, I think, guys, Jeff, you know this. Kevin, you know this. I look do the pitching first and foremost, even though I was talking about some of their injured players. What Cole did the other night against the Twins, and I know the Twins are not a top five offense in baseball, but he went out there and did what an ace should do. He struck out fourteen. That same night, Luis Severino in a rehab assignment, hit ninety nine on his fastball and was throwing nasty sliders. I think guys when they acquired Montas, they thought he would be their game two postseason starter. I think they're now ramping up Severino and thinking that if you could go Cole, Severino, and then probably Montas and Cortez, that's a pretty solid four to throw Mm -hmm. out against anybody. And then, Jeff, it's it's the injuries and who's coming back, and no one knows. I mean, Ben had surgery for a hamate bone. DJ LeMay, who's got a toe injury that he has not had an extra base hit in about a month. Rizzo had a back injury, took an epidural. Now he's getting headaches, and he's been told to lie in bed. Carpenter has a fractured foot. Josh Donaldson was away on paternity leave, so he'll be back. But it's interesting. Carpenter was the one guy or is the one guy, even though he was a pickup during the season, that I think this offense kind of aches for. If you look at the numbers, when he played, their lineup averaged over six runs a game. And when he was out of the lineup, it's something like 4.4 or something like that. How many of those guys are they going to get back? I don't know. Wow.
1: How can Booney help? Get Judge pitches to hit down the stretch. I think, Kevin, that that's
3: Judge's assignment, and I think that Judge is good at that. Here's the thing, guys. Judge will not expand. If it's 3-1 and somebody throws them a really nasty slider and it's two inches, four inches off the plate, Judge is very good at being disciplined. I think what Boone has to do, if he can do anything, has tried to surround Judge with his best hitter. I mean, they're missing all those guys that I just laid out, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, who has three home runs all season, was hitting cleanup yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what the Yankee lineup has kind of become. Gleyber Torres, who has one of the lowest OPSs in the American League um, since the All-Star break, he was hitting behind Judge recently. So Kevin, I think Boone will put the best he has around Judge, mm-hmm. but the best he has is is injured right now.
0: Jack, is this Glaber Torres? Is this, I'm not going to say his last best chance with the Yankees because he's still you know, he's it's not like he's 34 years old. But this is a guy they've been waiting on for a while. This would seem to be the perfect time for him to step up and and kind of fill that. You know, I don't know if he was ever considered the next great Yankee, but a lot of people thought he was going to be certainly. Mm-hmm. A big part of the core of the Yankees going forward is this kind of his last best shot to do that with this it's team.
3: It's a, it's a great question, Jeff. And when you go back to the fact that he had 38 homers as a 22 or a 23 year old, that at the All Star break he had he had a legitimate All Star argument. He didn't make it, but he had a legitimate uh, gripe to say he had All Star type numbers. And then since the second half has started. Glaber just has some some bad habits as a hitter. Glaber, when he is trying to hit the ball to right center or hit the ball up the middle, waiting on pitches, recognizing what pitchers are trying to do to him, that's when he's at his best. When he opens up and tries to pull everything, when, when he gets Homer happy and tries to do too much, that's when he gets himself in trouble. And in answering your questions, his, his name did come up. The Yankees talked to the Marlins about Pablo Lopez at the trade deadline, and the Marlins wanted... Torres and Peraza, the Yankees' number two pick, who is now up with the team, and the Yankees said no to that. But Torres's name was being discussed, so to your point, yes. Obviously, you, you, you've you got to produce. You have to produce, and when he put up the numbers that he had, the Yankees were clearly hoping for more from him.
1: Do you think fans and Boney trust the bullpen?
3: It's interesting. What, what Which version of it, right? Because yeah. – uh, Zach Britton, a, a guy who was we hadn't heard all season long, is now rehabbing and trying to come back. I think that there's a, a definite trust factor in Clay Holmes. I know he had a, a serious pothole hiccup, sort of fell in a ditch for about 11 or 12 games and, and lost his closer's job. But I watched that, that demon sinker, guys, and mm-hmm. I just think if he gets his release point where it needs to be, man, that's a that's a devilish pitch for anyone to try to hit. I think Loisica is, is similar to what he was in 21. Not, not exactly there, but, but similar. I think they have other arms out there. Marinaccio, a rookie, has done a really good job for them this year, and there's trust there. Peralta and Litke, guys, are, are under-the-radar names, but, but if you look at the numbers that they have put up, they've actually done really good jobs. And then the two guys that Cashman acquired at the deadline, Lou Trevino has resurrected himself from what he had done with the A's. He's been really good with the Yankees. And then Scott Efros, the guy they got from the Cubs, has also been solid. So I, I do believe that there's, there's a trust factor in those guys out there.
0: Jack, we're going to let you scoot. Appreciate you doing this. Should be an intriguing weekend. Mm-hmm. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Take care. Jack Curry, he is a Yes Network Yankees analyst and host. He's also mm-hmm. author of uh, Swing and a Hit. A memoir with Paul O'Neill. He's also a three-time New York Times bestseller. He's
1: Yeah, he is. He's awesome.
0: Terrific. And it, be, it'll be it'll be quite the weekend. But yeah, oh. I, yeah, it's funny thinking thinking back to everything that was written and said about Glaber Torres. This this could be his moment. Maybe this this is screaming for mm-hmm.
1: him. Four A player. What are you? It, yeah. Sure. No it, problem. It's screaming no for him. It is.
0: Mm-hmm. Expectations. Aaron Judge was walked four times intentionally. By Smart. the twins, if you were the Rays, every time I'm with you.
1: Every time, no question. But it, every is... time, leading off an inning, if he's hot, no, no question. At least I can go away from that saying. There's no chance. See, part I'm, of me though, man, I want to see. Us. I want to see P. I want to see him get 62. So what's about winning? I want to see him get How bad 62. Do you win? Yeah, I know, but I do too. But hmm. If you're the Jays, when you face them, no chance, Z- zero chance he beats them. Just it's not he shouldn't even have to look over there. He knows. And when you just go his, right from the on deck circle, leave your first bat. Bat. Don't leave even your put your stuff on your all that stuff they wear. No question, Jeff. Yeah, uh, listen.
0: Based on what yeah. I based on on the lineups we've seen,
1: the Twinkies you walked know. in. What was it? A, a punchy and a ground out. Smart. In the ninth inning. Yeah. Uh, it's time of that, uh, or it's that
0: time of the show, Barker's back leg Bits, where we get your thoughts and comments for Kevin Barker. SN Jeff Blair's my Twitter handle. 595.90 is the text line. A lot of people in the text line here agree with me in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, one person says that uh, I wouldn't blame your mom if she stopped listening to you and adopted Barker as her own. No
1: question. But that That's person smart. didn't
0: have the courage to put their name behind the text. Mm. So why did I read it out? Because okay. I'm enjoy. joy. <laughs> <laughs> Lance Kennedy says it's because my mom texted it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes. Ah. Uh, That's smells-
1: awesome.
0: Heath, thank you, Jeff. The NFL, especially live, is a total bore. It's a commercial fest interrupted with litigious discussions about "quote evidence to overturn." Was that a catch? And the occasional play.
1: Okay. Is there any baseball questions? Dan on from
0: there? Red Deer regarding the upcoming MLB rule updates. Who's driving these changes, and what's the hopeful outcome? Baseball has always struck me as a finesse sport. So, how will these new changes affect that aspect of the game? I, I think, uh, Dan. Thanks for the for the for the text. I, I think what what. You know, John and, and Dan said is right. I It's going to – I think you're going to see a different type of baseball player Maybe. in the future.
1: What do you think owners think of that? Averages go up, stolen bases go up. You know what that means? Cha-ching, ching What's that mean? You think owners like no, that? No, here's the thing. See,
0: stolen bases have always been a contentious issue in arbitration hearings because owners – even before analytics were running amok, owners and general managers, I told you a story you about Marquise the- Grissom. Owners and general managers were saying that the stolen base, that, that they didn't value hmm. the stolen base 300? as part of a game. Now, it's funny because this also happened to, and and I just, I my head would explode if we had to talk about it, but the baseball unveiled the details of its pre-arbitration bonus pool. Remember that it's part of the CBA there's going to be a pool of money to determine how – any and and Jeff Passan did a breakdown, and actually Alejandro Kirk is one of the guys who's probably going to make more money this year as a result of that than he, than he otherwise would have. I mean, the whole arbitration system thing needs needs to be overhauled. I, I think the, the impact to me is – to me, a good hitter is a good hitter. The impact is going to be on the infielders. Are we going to see – are we going to see teams going back to – uh defense first infielders in other words if a guy is so good defensively will you overlook the fact that maybe he's only going to hit 230 maybe. and maybe give you a dozen home runs left
1: handed hitter has 40 more hits a year because no shift does a switch hit does a switch hitter become even more important maybe. now and you have to pay more for that you have to pay more hitting 280 on both sides of the plate instead of 230 and 2 40 for two fifty. Uh, it, it's listen it's a question it is it's
0: money driven it, so. it's it's money driven mm-hmm. and you know fans are going to obviously be impacted most importantly by how the game is played in the field but yeah there will there will definitely be a there has to be a trickle down impact on on what is valued and what isn't valued and by extension uh by extension you, you would think that that would be that would be reflected in um I would pay Jeff Meyer from Owen sound. Uh, does the need for more range and mobility at shortstop increase the idea of moving Bo to second base next year? Uh, you know, uh, coach Jeff, thanks for the uh, thanks. It's a good question. Yeah, it is. It I, is. I think the move of Bo to second base is dependent completely on who are you bringing in to be the shortstop
1: Correa Turner. He's going to second. Anybody else? Yeah, that's a tough sale.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm with you in that. I think it's, but it's, yeah. Look, the first question we had, the first question you had of Luis Rivera, the uh, Jays infield coach, was okay. If the shift, if there's restrictions in the shift, what does that mean for Bo? He's the guy that is most affected by it defensively. But I'm I'm just not certain, Jeff. That that first of all, I don't think you would go to Bo and say, you know what, we think. The shift is going to work against you being a good defensive player. We want you in second. No, the only way you're selling Corray Bo yet. on it is we got Correa or we got ah, Trey Turner. We'd love you to go to second. There it is. I think that's the only way. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you do it. But it, it's interesting. You know, make, uh, make, make no mistake. It's, it will have an impact on on what, uh, what Bo Bichette does. And I think, frankly, it, it just increases Matt Chapman's value to you right now. You know, Um, Robin Kingston, does limiting the shift mean no fourth outfielder? Yes, it does. does. Or conversely, could an outfielder be moved to play five infielders? That is interesting. I think you can still bring an outfielder in and have five infielders. You know, the five infield defense, we see, we, uh, teams used to do it a lot. We've seen teams do it this year. Extra innings.
1: Not 100%, but I think that's the case. You can do that. It's just vice versa. Exactly. I think you can bring a player in. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. We'd have to ask about that to make sure, but I'm, I'm.
0: I think as long as you have two on each side, you're okay. Rarely have. Right? So you you could bring the outfielder in and have three on one side and two on the other side. I think as long as you maintain two on each side. You're okay. That's mm-hmm. my understanding of the rules. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, you couldn't, for example, bring an outfielder in, then move the shortstop. So, on the left side, you got the third baseman. Then on the right side, you got shortstop, second baseman, outfielder, first baseman. You can't do that. But I would think the infielder coming in or the outfielder coming in is still a possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that, that's a good question, I because we, didn't, question. We, did not, we did not address that. No. No. Um, I think that would uh, that would be the case a lot of people talking seriously weighing in in the NFL major league baseball thing and i'm I'm only being listen i'm only being half facetious about it. There are a lot of reasons I won't watch the NFL. i i just I don't it just doesn't interest me, but I understand why people watch it uh, I just think it's overblown and that you know as I said, if it wasn't for gambling and and uh and and fantasy football I there, do neither. there'd be no reason to watch an nFL i game. like but I know you do. You, I, that, I like watching with my wife. You and that's and you, why I And watch. you know what I know my what my wife like, loves it. And she and she, and I can I can understand because she's a Chiefs fan. And you're a you're a Broncos fan. Mm. I get that. Mm. I get that. It's fun. I get that. And and uh but I do think that uh there's still a lot of people.
1: She talks a lot during that games. <laughs> well, foot I mean uh, what are you gonna do? There's so much time to talk. No, no, not, no, no, that's not the talking I'm talking like she gets like take at and ooh and Oh, you mean like there's, there's a lot of back and forth? Oh, she wear a oh, Chiefs smack. jersey? Absolutely. She, Tony
0: Gonzalez was her guy, was he not? Yeah. Tight end? Yeah. And you got a Peyton Manning jersey? I do. I never wear it. but Yeah, because you don't want to wear another guy's jersey with no, another guy's why. name
1: in the back. Just, yeah. she, she knows who I like.
0: It's only in front of her. Is that a bad thing if you're like a 42-year-old dude and you're wearing a jersey with, you know, a 29-year-old dude's name in the back? Is that kind of a bad thing? Like the only thing that would be worse I would think would be putting your name on the back of a of an NFL jersey. That's kind of lame. Like if you're going to wear a jersey just wear the number.
1: This is all you big fella. You go Like I saw a I got to I saw
0: a dude dude at the uh dude at the at at the uh Jays Yankees game wearing a Yankees jersey with Ruth on the back. I'm like, <laughs> "Come on, they didn't have number names on the back back then." Hmm. That's something Kurt Schilling would do, which he did by the way. He wore a Red Sox jersey, Babe Ruth jersey in the Red Sox clubhouse, and Peter Gammon said, nice gesture, but there were none. Anyhow, mm. we can move on. Mm. Hurry. Mike B., do you think Vitey's struggles lately have more to do with mechanics or pitch selection?
1: I think it's all. Everything that you can think of, I think that's what it is. I think he's lost some bat speed, which is a big deal. I think he's trying to force it. That's why you see him expanding at the plate. So I'm going to say it's a combination of a bunch of things, but I think he needs to figure it out and figure it out in a hurry. They're going to need him. You see the schedule? They're hitting him second for a reason. All that, the ground balls to short and the ground balls to second. That's, that's trying for me from what I've seen. You said trying to generate, trying to generate more bat speed. You trying to have a little bit more quicker hip turn, hip rotation, uh, you tend to think more about that than you do honing in on what you can do maximum damage on. You tend to expand. When you expand, what happens? You don't hit the barrel. You don't hit the barrel. The ball goes where you don't want it to go. and That's me. That's what I see. But I've been there and done that before. I've tried that. I, I know what that looks like.
0: And, yeah. and And I guess my question is, can you... Can you rate the ship on Probably September not, 9th? Probably not,
1: especially against the, the teams that he's about to face who know Vladdy better than anybody. They know how to pull the string and and then away, and the ball downs, giving him trouble. Like, you you can't cover everything. Pick one until two strikes, and, then, and him not having a two-strike approach really hurts him. Talk to Bo. How much better he is. He's grounded. He can get barreled to anything. Can Vladdy do that with two strikes? Ryan Grant.
0: Points out, he likes the point about having people count down the clock. They did it in the basketball playoffs with Giannis at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He said, I would hate it as a pitcher. It's coming. You know oh, it's
1: coming. no question. In. It's
0: coming. It's that uh,
1: umpire doing it that's standing like six feet from the pitcher. 12, my, 13, 14, and you just want to turn around and chuck the balloon right be, at he's, him. He's not
0: going to be doing that. It'll be on the, be a big clock you'll be able to see. Yeah, It'll but you can't see You're not
1: going to turn around. And look at that. It'll well, be a clock by an old plate, too.
0: You'll be able to it's, see it. It'll be a clock well, behind home plate too.
1: You can tell I love Miss Lumpark.
0: I tell you what, man. <laughs> like I said, anything that makes Angel Hernandez have to think—he's not the only one. More stuff is He's not good. the only one. Balls, strikes—it's a good uh, thing he doesn't have a third a option. Buzzer? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> that is it for Blair and Barker this week. We will be back Monday from ten to noon Eastern on SportsNet Five Hundred and Ninety, the Fan of SportsNet. We will be doing Blue Jays talk. Sunday after the Jays finish their series against the Texas Rangers. And then, folks, it is a big, big week of baseball. The Tampa Bay Rays in for five games. Enjoy the weekend. And if you must, you know, enjoy the football.